0: Ongoing antisocial behaviour in central and downtown Auckland is prompting safety concerns among business owners and tourism operators as more people flock into downtown for summer. The co-owner of Avachi restaurant, Mandy Lusk, says there have been multiple fights outside her Fort Street venue and she's no longer comfortable with staff walking to their cars alone. The Cruise Association is heading into its biggest season since pre-COVID days. But as told 9 to Noon, its operators are noting that behaviour by rough sleepers, drinkers and drug dealers is intimidating for passengers. Central Business Association, Heart of the City, is calling for an urgent bylaw which would give council the power to trespass people when they are a risk to public safety. Uh, In a moment, we'll hear from Heart of the City Chief Executive Viv Beck and also from uh, the Auckland City Mission Chief Executive Helen Robinson. But first, Mandy Lusk, co-owner of Vivachi, is with us. Good morning, Mandy. Hi, how are you? Good, thanks. So can you just explain more about what you're experiencing?
1: The last couple of years have have really seen a change. We're in our 32nd year and are quite used to the way the city used to be we did used to have we've always had the odd rough sleeper and the odd drunk person wandering around drinking in parks and things but there seems to be a different type of aggression um, and hostile behavior going on now that we've never seen before the uh, there's a a bigger gang presence which is really not helping Uh, and there are people being placed. The demographics have really changed in the city over the last couple of years with a lot of the apartments and things that were Airbnbs now being used for social housing. And you've got people people being also housed in old converted office blocks and things which are, which are unsuitable for them. Um, they don't have living space for them. And so some of these people who don't have support are ending up hanging out on the street because there's nowhere else for them to hang out. And a lot of them, unfortunately, also have uh, appear to have some mental health issues and addiction issues. So and what's most this... Of us,
0: oh, sorry. I, was, I beg your pardon, carry on. I, I was just going to ask, what is this translating to with respect to behaviour impacting staff, impacting others coming to your business?
1: Well, the other morning, it was 9 o'clock, oh, 8.30, and there was some guy out there, off his nuts, he had somehow got a steak, you know, one of those ones that um, people use for tomatoes, and he was pretending it was a, a, a spear, and he was trying to stab, threatening everyone walking from the train station and things going to the offices, um, screaming at people, rushing up to people, and you know, you look at tourists and things. The cruise ship had just come in that morning, so there were quite a few people wandering around the city, and you just look, people were terrified, and. I think, you know, in the past people have been off their nut by midday, but these, these people are out on the street early in the morning until very late at night. It's got to the stage where almost we'd rather they took all the bench seating and pocket parks out of town because they're they're attracting, that's where they sit, you know, the group at 7.30 the other morning with all the stuff they'd just so- stolen from some supermarkets just sitting there drinking and harassing normal people that are going about their own work.
0: How is, and how is you, it affecting you? I presume you're an evening restaurant much of the time, and how is it affecting you uh, with patronage and, and also staff?
1: We've, a lot of our young staff live in town, and... We now, I drive them home. I zigzag all over the city, trying to navigate new roading system so that I can get them up to the university halls of residence or their apartments in places like Albert Street. It's not safe. And that's the young guys as well. That is just as much a problem for for the young girls. The young guys are actually, I'm more fearful for because the level of aggression from some of these people, you know, I'm worried they don't feel comfortable um, walking across town and, in the early evenings, you've got we've got families and things trying to come in, walking past people um, fighting further along the road, uh, or people trying to get to shows, and they have to walk past people who are drunk, staunch, um, aggressive. There's a bit of a problem uh, at night with the council. Um, or AT, actually, not policing the parking vehicles on Fort Street. And a lot of these people aren't able to get into the bars and places like that. So they're pulling up in their big V8s and drinking all the way along the street and attracting more of their mates um, out of the buildings. A lot of these people have been trespassed from the buildings that these people are now being housed in. And so they're gathering on the street. And we've got people trying to get to the town hall and our test centre, You've got tourists wandering around, and, you know, it's crazy. We've got people Ubering from here to the town hall because they don't feel safe walking. Uh, That's wrong.
0: What's happening with respect to policing of this? Literally, obviously it's a complex issue. We're going to work through this, including with the city missioner. But what's happening in the first instance with policing? I thought there was talk of reopening a police base, not a public base, but reopening a police quarters um, near where you are, Mandy, and obviously the presumption is that might mean a greater police, physical police presence. What's happening with anyone, I guess, even enforcing the law as it exists now? I presume it's not necessarily legal to be sitting drinking in, in, in Fort Street no. in a, in no, a public it's place. Not. So They're so not. is there anyone, either by means of encouragement or by enforcement, turning up?
1: There's the, a... The, the, Um, A company called Prestige Protection that came in over COVID and it's a private security firm that um, Viv and the team at Heart of the City have uh, been funding and they are amazing. We can call them and they will come and help move people along but they can't be everywhere and we do notice on nights when there is a higher police presence, every now and again they'll um, throw a a paddy wagon down the end of the street and it improves instantly. Um, We've been asking the last three years actually since the beginning of COVID for a pop-up police station even perhaps down the end of the road uh, in the car park where a huge amount of drug dealing and many of the assaults and things are occurring and y- you just instantly notice they get in their cars and they disappear and the big um, motorcycles don't come in someone tells them they're not you know, hurtling down the street in their big Harleys and it feels safer and I think the problem when we hit the council up about why they were ticketing poor courier drivers in airport shuttles in the days trying to pick people up and not coming back and dealing with these people, they said it wasn't safe for their officers to come and ticket them. And so that, that is another thing that's just uh, wrong. But we understand there are limited resources for the police. They're fantastic. If Prestige call them, if there really is a serious issue, they will come um, and they tip out these people's drinks and things. But I think the scariest thing is these people are, are different. They're not, uh, you know, we're all used to the certain homeless guys that did used to live around town. And some of the older ones, they they don't actually really cause a problem. They they do sleep in some doorways, which I know upsets a few businesses. These are young, aggressive people, many of them under the influence of drugs rather than alcohol. And they are irrational and far more hostile than we're used to seeing. This is a more recent problem, and we sort of try to get to know them and have a chat to them and explain why it's not working for us having them outside dealing drugs. And you know, no sooner sort of get them vaguely trained, and a new lot are placed in the housing, in these hostels and things around the corner, and it's back to square one. So I think it would certainly help if people are placed in a a more suitable accommodation. You know, putting a 501 who's got no family or support in an apartment building in the heart of the CBD is asking for trouble. You know, we could put them in the refugee settlement camp and actually give them a chance at life because we're sort of setting them up to fail right now.
0: What, What is it that you would urgently like to see? And with what consequence otherwise, Mandy?
1: I think it will make a big difference if people are able to be trespassed from Around here, I think it would have the particular aggressive behavior we see that um, there's sort of it just keeps popping up, and it's generally many of the same people. Uh, I think it would make a huge difference to the um, retailers around the bottle shops and the supermarkets because these people are stealing. You know, we watch them um, sitting, they rip, open their bags and ripping off clothes labels of things they've, you know, are joking about having stolen from down the road. Um, if they can't gather here and if if there is something to stop them gathering, I think it would really help. We're not after you know, it's not not actually the homeless that is causing many of these issues at all. These people are housed or they are coming back in. It's the intimidatory, aggressive behaviour we need to be able to deal with not so much the homeless.
0: Mandy, thank you very much. Let's bring in Viv Beck, uh, who is Chief Executive of the Auckland Centre City Business Association, Heart of the City. Morning, Viv. Kia ora. I've just got some communication also uh, from uh, one of the tour groups. As I said, our producer earlier spoke to uh, the the Cruise Association, who are just saying that the behaviour is intimidating for passengers. But here's another uh, company, Auki Walkie Tours. Who are the professional uh, professional guides of Auckland and, and do day experiences down the city's lanes and best places to eat, etc. and shops. And what they're telling us is we limit our tour time on Queen Street to try and minimise the risk of local aggression underbelly, particularly apparent up around Sky City currently. Um, perhaps the booze and pawn shops there. We also include the flare up risk in our health and safety plan and guide training because the city streets. Are our workplace and she points out we updated it recently to include active shooter and what to do if leading a group in town this was following the commercial bay tragedy uh viv it's one one can hear the frustration in mandy's voice with the reality of trying to manage a business protect staff in these circumstances what are you hearing more broadly about the, the change in the last couple of years
2: Oh, look, the dynamic has changed significantly during COVID and we identified that very early and started advocating for a few key things that we believe are still important. Firstly, a very coordinated cross-agency approach to provide better management of the emergency housing and specialist mental health and addiction services. So we recognised that some of these were a a function of the changes through COVID and then they needed a very specialised response. We also are well aware that we we do not have sufficient police, and we we started lobbying for increased police presence and resource. Uh, we offered space for a pop-up downtown station during COVID because we believe that would have made a massive difference to change the dynamic of what was starting to appear. Um, and what we did in the interim was worked with all the people we could to try and at least do what we could locally. So. Um, That has, you know, effectively meant managing some of these sort of hotspot areas. But clearly, we've gone over a uh, tipped over a balance here, and we're extremely concerned about it. So, we genuinely believe those three those key things are still needed. But in terms of the aggression and the and the behavioural issues, we do believe that, and we are lobbying. Hard locally with council that there does need to be a change in the in the bylaw because I, I see this behaviour. I it is one of the biggest issues we hear not only from businesses but from their customers and we know it's a concern for people arriving here for tourists. Tourists arriving here,
0: and for their so staff, do... uh, and they have an obligation of safety towards their staff. Well,
2: absolutely, but, but That's just right. but
0: just explain the bylaw because what would it enable? Would it enable the trespassing of people from a site? I mean. Someone's still got to do that. And, and I'm sure well, the police yeah, officer have turned of up... Go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, yeah, sorry, there's a couple
2: of things we've asked. Well, firstly, we've asked police for an absolute blitz on alcohol and drug use in the public space. That is not allowed. And because they've been short on resource... They're terrific, they do what they can, but the reality is this is not being dealt with appropriately. So we have asked for a blitz on it because I've seen this behavior. I saw it at 6.30 a.m. the other day in the morning and a a shop owner was trying to get their cafe open in the area you mentioned before and they had people lying around drinking and and intimidating people. So that actually would make a fundamental difference if, if we actually can clean up the alcohol and drug use urgently. Um, But in terms of the bylaw, it actually does state that the sorts of behaviour that Mandy is talking about is actually not okay. So you're actually not allowed to obstruct, disturb, intimidate, distress, alarm or harm any other person in the enjoyment of that public space. That is not actually okay. The issue is that the bylaw has no teeth. So, um, you know, you've got a situation of please stop through to prosecuting. And at the moment, that, that that's just very, very lame. Even having the ability to um, give infringement notices really will be ineffective for someone who has no inclination to pay a fine. So one of the things, and, it, and we recognise that this is not... Um, This is really an act that we think could make a difference to a situation that has gone on far too long without the right response. We agree that that getting police presence here, a downtown police station back, um, and a really strong, well-supported social response is essential. But in the the meantime, for, for businesses like Mandy's, and there's many of them, There needs to be an ability for some consequence and action when they see this behavior happening outside their door. I mean, they actually have to pay a premium to put a table out on the street here. And on the flip side, they've got to deal with all this stuff happening. And if someone can come along and say, this is not okay, you're not allowed here for a period of time, that is a consequence because they can't gather there and actually cause this, um, this distress to others. We've gone over a tipping point and we need some urgent action.
0: When you hear though of people if I heard correctly they're just sitting on seating nearby or sitting in their cars even uh, I mean you'd, be, you'd you'd need enforcement there every day if if people are living nearby right and aren't allowed well, to go certain places yeah well
2: the housing is an issue and we are we are we are raising these concerns and we have for some time but we're hopeful that these these cries have been heard and we are going to see um, a stronger uh, police presence and a stronger social uh, response but the reality is if we had a police presence in the central city because at the moment it's it's up towards Ponsonby there's a beat base in Federal Street so there so there is a place for the the uh, beat staff to, to go but it's not a public space we just have to change the the tone of the place and, and make a very clear statement that this behavior is not okay we're not it's not acceptable uh, it's not acceptable to cause this level of distress to other people. Um, and um, we need police closer so they can respond faster, but also as a preventive tool. As Mandy said, if the police are around, it still does have an impact. And that's really the thing that is needed for the criminal activity. We do need a strong social response, but we also need some teeth to the local bylaw. I mean, we part fund service with Auckland Council of patrollers that go out Uh, actually to manage the Bible, but there's very
0: little they can do about some of this behaviour. Who's the social response coming from? We're about to talk to the city missioner, and what Mandy's made very clear is it is not the homeless, it is actually the housed she is seeing in most numbers in some of these situations. So when we talk about a social response, whose? Well, we went
2: to the Prime Minister initially, and we went to um, health, MSD, um, housing... Uh, and, and all those, pro- and po- as well as police. So it wasn't the only a police. It kept getting funneled to police, actually, but we said this is more than a police response that's needed. We actually have to have the appropriate support for people on the street with mental health. It's very clear that the police are having to deal with a lot of mental health issues. That That is not their specialty, and it is taking them away from dealing with criminal activity so we have said for nearly three years we do need a stronger response for these social issues addiction mental health better wraparound services and better management of the housing they are fundamental things that have changed here that are leading to the to this situation that is not a police matter we've said that all along there has been in recent months i'd say this year there has been Um, more recognition of the fact that the mental health, for example, has to be dealt with separately from the criminal activity and specialist services are needed. And you've started to see some sort of trialling in some areas that, that actually would send a mental health person out with police at the start. So there's a bit of movement, but what we're saying is it's not a strong enough response and you need people with the right expertise to deal with these issues. It is not appropriate for people to be on the street if they're unwell, and and causing this evil. We want the streets to be safe and welcoming
0: for everyone. Viv, thank you very much. Just a lot of feedback coming in, and this has uh, come again to um, one of our producers who's been talking to business owners. I am a central Auckland business owner, and I can confirm it is chaos. Too many problems caused by exacerbated by alcohol. Your guest mentions the gang presence, and we have been approached by gang members to pay turf tax. Luckily, we, get out, we got out of it because of a distant friend who's a gang affiliate. This tax would have, have shut us down as we currently struggle as it is. Calling the police never even crossed our mind because we know they cannot or will not do anything. Thank you uh, for that uh, feedback as well and all your feedback. Alan Robinson is the Auckland City Mission... And- Missioner, and of course, the mission has for so many years worked to support many vulnerable people in the central city. Helen, can you bring some wisdom to this? In, in, in the first instance, as has been made clear by our guests, many of those um, that we traditionally associate you working with are not regarded as the issue here. Uh, can, can you give us your wisdom in what you are seeing happening? Good
3: morning. Thank you for your welcome. Um, it always makes me slightly nervous when someone says, can I bring my wisdom? I will do my best. <laughs> um, listening to the conversation, just uh, waiting to speak here today, I think um, what's been highlighted is that we see expression of major social ills uh, that are occurring in our country. So uh, we don't have enough houses so that when we don't have enough houses, where do people go? They're either in transitory, inadequate, inappropriate housing, and that has consequences. It has consequences for those individuals and consequences for those around them. Um, There was a big conversation there just uh, recognising what Viv was saying is that we recognise that our health system is under a huge amount of pressure, and particularly our mental health system, and that there are uh, thousands of people in our country who need more and better support. And in the absence of that support, uh, people are unwell and uh, sometimes living that unwellness publicly Uh, there is a recognition here of the impact of uh, addiction to alcohol and any other drugs Um, and then we know that addiction services we run a detox unit ourselves are radically underfunded and under supported in our country and go back to this reality that New Zealand struggles with acknowledging the reality of alcohol harm so what I hear today listening uh, to you and all the speakers is is just the expression of those much bigger drivers. And I think particularly um, that, that what happens when you have a growing group of people who simply just don't have enough resource. Uh, if you are poor, you do what you can to survive.
0: Helen, what's happening also, though, is a clash between the needs that exist <clears throat> and the fact that the housing of people in need is happening right in the middle of um, one of the busiest uh, parts of a a major metropolitan city, very close to where people get off ferries, get off cruise ships, come to try and get into town. So that automatically becomes a focal point. It's not hidden uh, and it's having real consequences for a lot of people and a, and a a lot of businesses. I'm just pondering that wonderful new building you have and all the services that you are able to provide with the people you work with. But there's none of that, presumably, for many of the people who've been housed in in this accommodation. Is it simply the wrong place to have people with these needs and these numbers, Helen?
3: Well, I think it's, again, just being careful that the two speakers, both Biv and Mandy, have been actually saying, let's be really careful about relating the state of homelessness with either criminal or anti-social. No, no, no. I was,
0: I was being very specific about what you are doing with homeless, the homeless and the amazing wraparound services that you provide. These are people who have been provided by the state with accommodation. They have, in theory, a home. I don't know they they have have those wraparound services, and and are they in the wrong place? They have a dwelling, and
3: often that dwelling is inadequate, unsafe inappropriate and unregulated, and just as exactly what you've just said, appropriate support is not given. So um, it, it seems crazy that we would think putting someone in emergency housing for a week, 10 days, two weeks, someone who's incredibly vulnerable for a whole range of reasons, and that that would mean that all uh, their needs are being met. People need permanent houses, if you've just said, and appropriate uh, support for it. Now, the reality is is that in 2017, at the last census data, and we're waiting for the more up-to-date, 100,000 people in our country were severely housing-deprived. So that will have, you know, pending the census outcomes, from my point of view, we believe, increased significantly. So um, people need to live somewhere in our country and they need to be supported somewhere. And I think the thing that, that ultimately makes me most anxious about this conversation is that moving people on literally just shifts the needs. It actually doesn't address them at the root cause. And the whole point of the existence of the mission, actually, as you've just said, is let's address uh, issues at the root cause. Let's provide adequate, permanent, appropriate, affordable housing.
0: So if the visibility is actually a part of this, and the impact, the genuine impact on people in a very highly visible place rather than hidden in various suburbs around the country, right, if the visibility makes it a focal point, what is it that could address and better manage the consequences for every body and who should be doing it, Helen?
3: And very
0: good questions. I
3: don't want homelessness invisibilised anywhere in our country. Now, don't read the inverse either, that I necessarily want it exploding everywhere. But, but until we as a country are actually able to recognise the reality and the impact of homelessness, uh, the, the problems are just going to continue and grow. So what we need very, very genuinely is permanent, adequate, affordable housing for all our people throughout the whole country and then we need appropriate support services. And to answer that question, and I think Viv was starting to touch on it too, it's a whole raft of services, both government and NGOs, that need to be providing that. And in many instances, and obviously Viv and ourselves, are a really, really good example. The police do an extraordinary job and and we need to continue to support them. We need better resourced and simply more mental health services. We need better resourced addiction services and a recognition underpinning that, that New Zealand has a significant alcohol problem, so a willingness to prioritise resource in that area, supporting organisations like ourselves, but there are many good organisations throughout our country who are providing social housing and appropriate support, particularly for those in high need. Now you spoke about home grounds and it's important. Important. We have 80 apartments there, 40 of those who are designed for people in high need. Our tenancy sustainment rate is uh, over 90%, 93, 94%. So, when you provide appropriate affordable housing and appropriate support, people are housed and, importantly, given a home. So, what we're seeing here is an expression of that lack yeah. of resource.
0: You're actually the model. My question is, who's going to provide it? Um, we'll we'll leave it there for now. Thank you, Helen Thank Robinson. You, Thank you, Viv Beck. Please. Thank you, Mandy Lusk.